0: This is The Recipe, powered by Sauce Music. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm joined by a very special guest, Joe Jordan. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: What's up, man? Nice to meet you, Sam. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to meet you as well.
1: Doing good. Um, Recovering over a little cold. I'm going to cough a little bit. You might hear that. But uh, besides that, just going strong, writing a bunch of hit songs, taking care of the family, and just going gung-ho, man.
0: That's awesome to hear. Um, You know, I think we can dive right into it. I think. (laughs) <laughs> for those who don't know and i don't know how they wouldn't know born to be broken i mean just an absolute smash i mean what we're, we've crossed a million streams on major platforms it's crushing it on TikTok. i think that's yeah. a good cool point to to kind of start from and you know my question is where did the inspiration for the song come from and you know how did that whole process kind of come to be
1: yeah that is a tough question to answer it's a very personal song well i guess i'm just gonna be completely honest about it i've started with pornography addiction for a long time and. Uh... Writing that song was, was a tempting day that I kind of wanted to to go down that that path and I, I kind of chose not to. So the first verse of the song is really talking about that, where I bow down to hunger and I'm poisoned by sex. My mind can't tell the difference between a phone screen and the girl in my bed. So something that I'm, I'm a year off of pornography, by the way, which is amazing. And it's uh, better for my mental clarity and for my health overall. And uh, not to say I don't have struggles and temptations throughout the day, but that's where that song kind of started from. That day I was in the studio just trying to write something and the chorus hits, and then the second verse hits, and it just starts taking off. And I'm like, I, again, I just started in my feelings a little bit, recognizing I'm a very broken person. And I got a lot of things I still have to work on. Talking about my parents and how I, a lot of the brokenness for me comes from them. So in that chorus where it's like, I try crawling out, but the closer I get, my home's at the bottom with mom and dad both. So we smoke all our cigarettes and curse at the sun because it seems like it shines down on everyone but us. Because I kind of I see you know a lot of brokenness in my family, and I know that it, you know brokenness just follows generations. I've been struggling my faith and just in Christianity. So that second verse kind of goes back to that a little bit and talks about how that kind of comes from my dad too. A little bit of that struggle's been there, or it repeats that about a hunger and I'm uh, swallowed by sleep. Which, which the funny thing about that line was it was actually a mistake. I actually messed it up in the recording. That was supposed to be a draft that that first like vocal that I did, I sang the song one time in the, in the recording booth. It was supposed to just be, just to have it, not the final recording. We ended up keeping it, I didn't even realize I messed up on that lyric, but I kept it. it although it was supposed to be, I'm, I bow down to comfort and I'm swallowed by sleep. Because a lot of the times, especially as a songwriter, it could be very easy not to be motivated. And a lot of the times that can be another crutch for me where I just want to do nothing. I can be very lazy and I go back and forth between being very hyper gung-ho working very hard to being like I don't want to do
0: anything. You know I think everything you just articulated is very relatable to people far and wide. Everything you just described is very genuine and real and for you to be able to come on a show like this and to share it in your music as well I mean it speaks volumes to your character and to I mean I, I guess I, I then go back to um, you know when writing this song did you have expectations where you did you envision its popularity and its ability to transcend to you know the the heights it's going like
1: but- i didn't think it, i didn't think people were gonna like it I, I it was a little too raw and i didn't write it for anybody else but myself and yeah i honestly the only part that i was like you know what i don't think anybody's gonna like this song i gotta write something that people will want to listen to and like will, will will like attach themselves to and that was the bridge of the song that went mostly viral which is funny so as a songwriter i was like a pour my heart on this and the bridge Still very relatable to me. I still relate to a, a bit of that. Definitely wanted to make it like, I got to make this something that people would want to sing along to. So the pour down a double because I ain't got health care. Fill up my lungs or anything but fresh air. Drowning in caffeine to flip off the nightmares. It's probably the most commercial part of that song. Right. And uh, yeah, I I relate to at least two or three of those. I'm not a, much of a smoker, you know, here and there. But um, so that just kind of felt, it locked in. I wanted that to relate to everybody. So I can be a bit of a drinker. I can I can see in bad scenarios in my life where I could lean to that. And caffeine is another thing that like man I just I get a lot of caffeine I drink a lot of coffee I can drink quite a few energy drinks it's not good for you man and uh those things are crutches to me they, they just help you kind of numb emotions or numb feelings so you don't have to deal with them and you can just kind of keep moving forward all through those things you know
0: well you know it's interesting you say that because there's another artist um that I've been a big fan of and and I think I consider him a uh, a relative friend of the program, he is a line that goes, um, you know, he runs to his vices in crisis, you know, crisis sees. And I think it's a really real thing that you just described where it's a crutch, you know, it's kind of like putting a band on a wound that is, going. you know, it's a temporary fix. And I think in this world of instant gratification and the internet and social media and seeing people kind of have this quote unquote overnight success which is only in my opinion an illusion you know i think that you just articulated and described i think you know people don't get to see that aspect of it they just see wow this guy went viral on TikTok with this very you know relatable lines and and this commercial as you said hook but they don't see all the you know sort of build up to it in the media sense people want things right now. And it goes back to our mental health and our ability to, I think, live each day, because I think there's this correlation between the internet, the expectation, and then the way in which we try to, you know, kind of address our issues. It's because of that illusion that everything's okay and we wanna make people feel like everything's okay. Back to the, the quick fix so that I can go out tonight with my friends, go to work in the morning so that I can get through this family dinner, which at the end of the day, it's okay not to be okay. And I think we're finally seeing right. a relation and a renaissance in mental health that you know for better or worse started uh during the pandemic and has continued now so i guess i mean to pivot a bit but to keep it in the same same regard when did that TikTok moment start to happen and what was that feeling like was it gradual growth like and, and what was that like either way
1: yeah it's funny i had, i had posted one video up of like it was me doing like a double and me like smoking and to the song yeah and uh it did all right i think i got like a a couple thousand views no nothing crazy and some people commented man it's awesome i was like ah, it didn't take off and then like three four days later i did another one the same video with a different header whatever and i put that up and i was like eh, it's probably not gonna whatever and i, I went to bed. it was one of those you wake up and it's like yeah. you had like a hundred thousand people that have viewed it by the just overnight i was like damn all right and then i got like another couple hundred thousand over the next whatever a couple weeks from that and then the other video that didn't take off and do anything started to go randomly and that one got, like, 150,000 or something like that. and yeah, a couple of videos. So overall, I think we got, like, close to a million views between people that had shared it and stuff. And, uh, yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy seeing all the comments flying in. and Because uh, I really wasn't sure, like, just putting that song out there. Especially the verses scared me the most. So the bridge was the easiest part. The verses, I was getting on some real shit, man. Right, right. You know, I shed some tears writing those verses because they hit hard to me and I wasn't sure people were going to get it or I wasn't sure people were going to relate. I had no idea. I mean that's, um,
0: But in a way, it's beautiful. You know, I think thanks, uh, for us and as listeners, as fans, I mean, I think, you know, the and this is uh, relevant to the TikTok conversation. I think that the one hit wonders and I think we discussed this previously uh, between us, but The one hit wonders and the songs that are catchy and trendy you know
1: as far as spread as far as spread goes on TikTok, i didn't think that the song didn't get 20 million views you know it was maybe close to a million and a lot more people like haven't heard the song and i think it still has a lot of life to it i'm getting lots of people commenting and reaching out to me messages saying how much the song means to them then it breaks my you know it breaks my heart in a way because it's sad to think so many people feel so broken but it's another thing that could just kind of unite us, you know, and we're stronger right. together when we yeah, talk about yeah. it and trying to help each other through it.
0: Yeah. And I think you offer people a sense of, of real therapy. You know, if that's why I'm such a huge advocate for music in, in a form of therapeutic uh, sort of relief, because again, pills or alcohol or, you know, other things that people, other vices. And I think everyone has their vice. I think that's something that I'm curious about your take on. And then additionally, you know, I think um, it goes back to, you know, how do you how do you moderate it? Because I think everything in moderation to a degree is acceptable. You know, it's okay. I think once in a while, it's a smoker to have a cigarette. I think if you enjoy marijuana, once in a while, it's okay to have marijuana. I just think it can't be dominating your own life. And And I think if you find out that it's inhibiting your ability to reach your full potential, then the only person you're really letting down at the end of the day is yourself. So, I mean, that's, I think the song kind of means to me in a sense that, yeah, turn yeah. your pain into prosper or, or prosperity, and I think that's yeah, in a sense, a, a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm big on just your own personal assessment. You know, I don't want to tell people what they should or shouldn't do, but everybody everybody should be capable of just sitting down and reflecting on your life and thinking, how can I make something better? Right. Especially if you're somebody that's struggling with depression or struggling about having quality of life. Just sitting down and being like, you know what? I know there's one thing every day that I could be doing better that I could better myself. Or there's one thing, you know, <clears throat> maybe it's a smoking, maybe it's not, maybe it's waking up late, maybe it's, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's your eating habits, maybe it's your exercise. But there's something, there's something. And I think that always chasing that is so helpful to me to stay on track because uh I, I feel like I can go on autopilot and a lot of people can relate to this where like you're not being, very intentional with your day and the things that you're doing you're just kind of whatever your whatever your senses whatever your mind is just kind of leaning you to do you just kind of follow along right but you're not really in control you know you're just kind of letting letting your feelings letting your past circumstances dictate what you're going to do the next second every day but you're yeah. not actually plan you're not actually planning it Right and sometimes you're just digging yourself a hole and you don't even know it. and by the time it's been a couple of months on autopilot and now you're like six foot deep in a hole, that's not a reference to death, but you get the point <clears throat> and I think it could be it could be oh, okay. I think yeah, taking down and reflecting that, yeah, that song to me is that reflection point of like, yeah, you know what I've got a lot of things that are hurting me, a lot of problems in my life and reflecting on those that's the sad part of it that's not really the happy part of like trying to be like, how can I make these things better, you know,
0: but yeah. I don't know. well, I mean, I think we can certainly say that your song, as you mentioned in terms of people actually reaching out to you and the way it's been consumed that you know you've provided that sort of um, I think again, people can relate to someone like yourself. And I think that that shows a greater theme in it. and 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 again, I think that's amazing because I see it as universal language that people from far and wide of different backgrounds, of different beliefs, of different circumstances can come together and understand because, again, we we find a lot of um shared similarities in especially in twenty twenty three with the way life has been over the past few years with covid nineteen right. it, It's just and I think that's why, and I, i'll I'll pivot the conversation to this. um now, what would you define your style of music as? And I feel like the term genre list is in the same regard, the industry has started to create almost an infinite amount of genres. so if someone had to ask you what genre is Joe Jordan, what would
1: you say? You know, I've I've said somewhere between like a folk Americana vibe, which is kind of weird, but uh, and I think my, the next songs might also show that a little bit more. And I'm, I definitely there are some some essences of pop elements in there when it comes to some of my melodies, not necessarily in "Born to Be Broken" or the next song "Cold," there. But I have a song coming out that's going to be on the EP called "Happy All the Time." That kind of Kind of would fit that slightly kind of popish category. But for the most part, it's like the folk Americana vibe is kind of, and I don't even know if that's accurate. I don't know. It's just one of the first things that come to mind with the style and stuff that I'm trying to do. But it's all I like, Born to Be Broken is such a raw song. There's not a lot in it. It's, you know, acoustic. There's like a little piano. There's like a little guitar. So I don't know. Folkish, I guess. No, Whatever people want to call it. Somebody on TikTok said it was the best country song they ever heard. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I guess it's country. I didn't sound country to me, but maybe, maybe it is. I don't know.
0: And as I said, that kind of goes back to the idea that like either music's becoming genreless or it's becoming blurred. You know the lines between certain genres, and I think the country folk thing is coming. Like, (laughs) I think it's more folksy than not specifically born to be broken, but like what we're seeing start to trend is almost like country, but I think a little bit more tempo to it, a little bit more speed. And I think you know music is getting louder and faster, in my opinion. Um, Mm. I think there'll always be a place for the slower, more. Kind of singy songs, but I think when it comes to that TikTok attention span, retaining people, getting them to engage the way they have with the song like "Born to Be Broken" on TikTok, it takes like that—that that quick sort of, you know, it's fifteen seconds of attention that that this younger generation seems to have, and that's why a bridge like the one on "Born to Be Broken," I, I think, in my opinion, at least, really seemed to catch point. And I'd love to, you know, hear more about you know your future plans with this next single coming up. You feel like there's now a pressure to replicate the success of Born to Be Broken? Do you feel like there's, you know, I don't know if, if your team or maybe you personally, do you feel like there's this? Because I feel like a lot of artists succumb come to that. Well, I've reached this point. I've done a million streams. Everyone loves this song. I have to replicate that. Or do you feel like you're very comfortable with what your next steps are and i think it's a kind of a question of humility that's why as as a
1: songwriter because i've been writing songs for a long time i've probably written a couple a couple thousands of songs maybe close to three thousand in my career a lot of the times you know when you're trying to write commercial music for other people which i've done a little bit of you're trying to like pretend like you might know what people want to hear and you can kind of guess like oh they might think this line's clever with my with my songs i've been writing personally for myself the only thing i care about is if If it's something I personally experienced and something I I can agree with and I like, that's, those are really the only things that are dictating my music to move forward. Obviously I want people to listen to my music and like my music, but I don't want my music to just be about trying to sell somebody a product. You know, I'm not trying to sell somebody anything. So if I'm like, well, I really want my, my audience to love, I do want my audience to love my music, not because I'm trying to finagle them into it just because it's me. It's just stuff I've experienced born to be bro. I mean, I, I couldn't get any more real than that, and I don't even like saying why I wrote that song out loud because it's kind of embarrassing. And uh, I don't know. I don't care. I just I just want to write stuff that's real to me that I've experienced that uh, that I that I know. That's and see I hope I, hope people relate to it. I guess that's and just I, about I it. I
0: hope I hope people I, and I th- I think we know and I think it's I think we have I think we can see people <laughs> relate to. It, but I hope that other artists hear what you just said because, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people become. They put themselves in a box, where they make their music sort of one-dimensional, just because they're either trying to replicate previous success with something like TikTok or a song that did well on TikTok, or the freedom to create what you want to create and share what you want to share is what makes music and artistry so beautiful. And again, I've been on the commercial side of the industry, so I totally get where some of those people come from in terms of we know this song may be saying a lot less about you know important topics, rather or maybe it doesn't even touch important topics yet. The longevity in the business, and I'm sure you know, and maybe I'm curious where your stance on, you know, your desire for longevity. Um, And I'll get to that momentarily, but I think when it comes to having longevity, it's about connecting with people the way you have and bringing in fans that really connect with the record to a point where it's not just like right. something you throw on at a party. It's not something you just throw on, you know, like uh you, you know, they throw it on in the car, they throw it on at work, they throw it on um in their bedroom, you know, when, when life may be going great, maybe it's not so great because I think some people use right. it that therapy they also use it as a reminder of where they've gone so it's therapy throughout so i think that like having that that connection that leads to ultra super fans that leads to concerts that leads to people saying that joe jordan changed my life which i'm going to go out and yeah. put it on the record that that people have said that you know i'm whether yeah. it's you personally i can i can tell you firsthand that joe jordan has changed the lives of many people more than one absolutely you know and i think to me that's what music is about and i think there are other artists who are chasing money chasing clout chasing a life in los angeles california or new york or london wherever it is and i think listen it's a business at the end of the day and there's nothing wrong with that but i think there's more to be gained in terms of what music's potential is connecting with fans the way you have and that's just my personal opinion on it i'd be happy to to discuss with someone who's totally industry oriented who's going to tell me well that sort of mindset you're not going to sell records but to your point i mean that's not really the the reason to to be creating records,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. It's like I do I do want to have a connection with people and I, I'd love to go on a tour and play shows for people. That'd be great. But at the end of the day, it's like I love writing music and I've been doing it for so long since I was about I'm I'm twenty nine now. I started writing music when I was like eleven years old. And I didn't start making a dime off of it until I was like twenty two. And by the way, I wasn't anywhere near wealthy at all. <laughs> and still it's you know, it's I I wouldn't consider myself very wealthy on it, but I make enough to support my, myself and my family. And that's that's all I need, you know, if I if I make more than that, cool, but It's never been about the money if uh, because i did it for so long absolutely broke yeah for a really long time and i'll do it i'll do it till i'm dead whether i'm selling out shows to thousands of people or whether there's three people showing up that are excited to hear new music you know
0: it doesn't humility and and it's artists with that mindset that i think are are sort of the the beneficiaries of what this industry and what these fans can can offer you know because again if you're in it for the right reasons i'm just I don't want to get too much into faith on my own end, but it's just a matter of principle and discipline and believing in something and being able to kind of find yourself and do it for the right reason. So, I would love to hear more about. You know, I know you mentioned you've been writing since you're 11 years old, and that's incredible. What got you into music? You know, what was that process like from going writer in the business at 11? I mean, I would assume some point thereafter, and now you're <laughs> so just if you could explain the timeline and maybe a little bit more about your upbringing and how that influenced your music, whatever you'd like to share. uh, I think the audience would love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I know exactly why I love music the way I do. It's because of my dad. Uh, he's still alive and well, we have a good relationship and, uh, he's, he was like one of those freaks when he was like three, four years old, he could play the piano for no reason. He was just like, always really, really good at piano. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, the super long hair rock star, like played gigs. He was a full-time construction worker. So he worked construction, working up like 40, you know, 50 hour weeks. And then on the weekends he would gig and make enough money to support the family and whatnot. My mom would have like some part-time to sometimes closer to full-time jobs. sometimes. She did like Pizza Hut, Hollywood video. But my dad, super musician. I love both of them, they're awesome. And growing up, I saw the thing that seemed to make my dad most proud is when he saw that I was starting to get into music. And he couldn't help it, you know, he loved music. It's just like, and I would play him a song, he'd, you know, he'd be like, wow, son, that's you know, that's really great. And uh, he, even with like school, I hated school, right? I would I would get okay grades and like my parents, they, were, they didn't really care. They're like, yeah, hey, you're passing, like whatever. They weren't like, oh, great grades, son. It's like, they didn't really care. So when I saw my dad like seeing me do music and he was like really proud of that, and I looked up to my dad a lot and the skills that he had. So I, that just made me go like, when I was 11, 12 years old, I knew it. I was like, the, I'm doing, music is gonna be my life. I knew it then. There was no doubt. So around, uh, I took like percussion lessons when I was like 9, 10, learned how to play set a little bit. I'm not very good, very okay, but I can keep a beat. I know have a good sense of rhythm. And like when I was about 11 years old, my sister had gotten a guitar for Christmas or something and she never played it, so I stole it. And uh, I started plucking around on it. It wasn't very good. At the same time, my older brothers were starting a band and one of our good friends, like I, I he taught me some guitar. He taught me how to play like Green Day, time of your life. And I couldn't play it very well, but I learned how to play Green Day Time of Your Life, kind of okay. And as soon as I learned some Green Day chords, I just started writing songs. There was like this this like pretty girl in like middle school. I was probably like, maybe, this is like maybe a year later, 12-ish, whatever. Uh, and I started writing, I uh, wrote her a song called Emily. Her name was Emily. I would never, and I still remember the melody a little bit in my head, but I'll never sing it. Um, I don't know, I just started writing songs. So long story, I mean, I would. I wrote maybe hundreds of songs by the time i was like 18 i did like a little uh ep with my brothers and my dad we released like 10 songs just for fun under a name i'm not going to mention because it might be out there somewhere okay <laughs> and then uh in my early 20s i mean this, somebody was trying to manage me at the time i'll try to make a super long story short she sent one of my videos into this tv show they were trying to do it was called the song and uh, i placed like top 10 out of like 10,000 people that put videos for this this TV show which is really cool. So I got to go and film the first season. So I went from Rhode Island, I grew up in Rhode Island by the way, super east coast, traveled to Muncie, Indiana, like 700 miles away whatever. And I did this TV show for a couple of weeks. It was super cool. I thought I had made it. I thought this was my moment, you know, I was like I'm on this TV show. And uh I placed top 3 on the show, but then it never went to air afterwards. But I met some producers and some people that managed like some successful artists. Through that process, and one of them that lived in Ohio, a little outside of Indiana, was like, hey, man, I'll tell you what. If you move to Ohio, where I work out of, I'll get you some work as a writer to write songs. Not to be an artist, per se, but just to, you know, you can write some pretty good songs. And he was like, can you write, he asked me if I could write some country music. And I was like, I've never written a country song. I was like early 20s at the time. And uh, he's like, I'm working for this like female country artist named Kira Isabella. And I was like, well, I've never written a song, but I could try. He's like, why don't you come here in a couple of weeks? You can write some songs in Ohio. I was like, I'll write you a song right now so, I got off the phone and I wrote a song in like a half hour and I sent it to him. I was like, Here's this song for this chick. And uh, his response was, You know, it's not bad, is what he said. It's not bad. It's pretty good for a half hour. They right. never used the song, but it was, you know, showing. I was excited. So, through that process, I got to meet him. And eventually, I did go to Ohio and he got me some work trying to write for this pop artist that he was managing for this other artist. So, a bunch of people. I never got any cuts. And then I started writing country again. So I'm trying to make a long story short. I wrote a song called Laid Back, uh, it's a country song, and this uh, singer came in, his name was Rain Johnson, he sang on it, and we were gonna pitch these songs to Nashville labels. And um, he ended up signing Rain as an artist instead of pitching the songs, and Rain ended up cutting a bunch of my songs. And uh, the next song he released was called Front Seat, and that was a top 40 country song in the country charts. I was the only writer on the song, which was really impressive for me. And uh, out of all the other songs in the charts, there's always three or four writers, which is pretty common. And uh, that kind of cemented me a little bit in the career. I made some money on that song. It was really, really good. And then, um, I don't know, a couple of years later, I kept writing him songs, and he was doing well, getting millions of streams And a lot of the songs I was writing for him. I wrote for a couple of other artists, and <laughs> I cut songs. Blake Tyler's among one of them, Chance McKinney. Nobody that was like Morgan Wallen, but some people that had some good followings. And eventually, I just started writing my own stuff again. I kind of fell back into writing stuff that was for me, because I was writing commercial music for a long time for other people. And I hadn't written a song for me in a while. You know that was just about me, and uh, "Born to Be Broken" was one of like three songs that I started writing for myself that I released, and it did really well. So that's tra- sorry, that was a long story. It kind of yeah. Listen, we have all the time, off, but...
0: we, we, as much time as you want. I mean, uh, I, I think yeah. that for all the you know Joe Jordan fans out there, that's great context. You know, to to kind of where you've been, where you are, and I mean, I guess that kind of brings up where where you're going. So um, you want yeah. to release that out there, or is it?
1: yeah well yeah i haven't officially said that i said it a little bit earlier with you uh the official re- release date will be december 1st i haven't technically posted that yet nobody actually knows that yet but i don't mind saying it here and for, for your audience your yeah. audience and yeah. uh yeah i'm really excited it's a uh, so the song i wrote i was on a plane ride playing with my friend rain i was accompanying him at a sh- uh, a veterans benefit concert that we played in Katy, texas uh within houston and uh i was on a plane ride and i was listening to some music i was listening to some noah khan i'm sure you know who that is and uh he's from new england i'm also so we're both from new england he it was just from, right, uh, here. Vermont,
0: right
1: vermont that's correct yep and uh <laughs> i know he talks a lot about how it's cold there and how he's bitter and how he grew up in new england i'm like man that's so cool i just i relate to that and um a lot he made some references to it being cold and that just gave me the idea for cold there as i was listening to some of his songs like because it gets cold there and uh so i started writing this song and it kind of turned into a relationship song and i think a lot of people like myself i related to this a lot when you're starting in a relationship and it's going good and things are really well but you don't really want to necessarily bring up a lot of your past stuff just yet money like some of the things Right. right and yeah exactly you're just like things are so good and maybe you start asking questions well like you know like What's your body count? Or like, what's this? What's that? Bring up lots of questions, like, oh, do you, you know, do you I don't know, struggle with any addictions or struggle with things or talk about the past stuff. And a lot of times you don't want to go there because it kind of gets cold there is the idea that I was going. It's like, I'll tell you the truth, but it gets cold there where the truth gets told. And I'm not sure that you brought a warm enough coat. So it kind of goes in that direction where you're like, I don't know if I want to go there yet. And the second verse kind of talks about future stuff. It's like, you know, do you want to settle down and have some kids? Like. Do you love Jesus? Cause that's really, you gotta, you know, like it's those types of questions. And it just gets back to talking about future stuff too. It's like, man, it gets cold there. It's like in a relationship and I want to talk about certain things, but you have to. So it's kind of, you'll hear it in the song where it kind of feels like I'm going to tell you these things, I promise. But like, can we just like have a little bit longer of just this, not trying to worry about the problems and just stay in that moment. And I think that's
0: a lot but of people can relate to beautiful. that. I think it really, I, I think the way you just articulate it, especially it makes it, you know, it's good. I, you know i, I think uh, hopefully we get um you know this episode out so that people can listen and then go experience the song i think that uh, you know just so it felt like a light bulb went off in my head the way you just described that that feeling and then the title itself so that's super awesome and then i know you mentioned an ep coming uh, i imagine um, can't say too much but um i know you mentioned a song that's titled happy i believe
1: it's called happy all the time and that happy one is yeah time. it's okay. another one that was another hard song to write too. I, I, I yeah. There's a couple of songs I hate to say it. A lot of the times, if I'm writing a song and it and it gives me goosebumps as I'm writing it, and it shed, makes me like shed a tear sometimes. It's like I'll just give like the chorus line of the song is something I relate to a lot because sometimes you can feel like everybody is doing better than you are all the time. Yeah. Especially on social, especially on social media, sometimes exactly. you're just seeing all these people yeah. just yeah, yeah. And that's not it's not necessarily the reality of it. Cause i know that everybody's str- i know that everybody struggles but sometimes you can't help but be like man i feel like everybody's killing it with me right. and s- so it just takes on this walking through the valley of the shadow of death up in my own mind wondering if heaven's up above a sunset or just a pretty lie and you talk about feeling somber and feeling sad and then you go the chorus kind of hits like why is everybody posting pictures online like they're happy all the time and it, it goes in that direction it's like why can't I be that? You know, it's like everybody else seems like they're happy all the time and they're just killing it. And I can't. That's just a little snippet of the lyrics of the song. But I, I, don't,
0: I, don't, I mean, I'll mean, speak it. to the, the the bigger point. I feel like everybody, you know, you have one relationship in this life that is forever. And I think that's the the relationship you have with yourself. You know, you're yeah. not going anywhere like this is something that you have to work on mastering. And I think for a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, it's that instant gratification. It's this influencer culture. Everybody's, you know, looking good or like has nice clothing or a nice party they're at or that the club and bottle service like all these little things that are you know i think temporary and i think as you get older as you get wiser you start to realize that those things were temporary you know i think people want to feel fulfilled i think people want to feel genuine and and like they understand who they are and i think the people that chase that instant gratification and they chase i think they have affirmation issues and i think they really struggle to have uh, affirmation in their own life and believe in what they're doing i think once you start yeah. to find heard someone really wise say that you live two lives until you realize you're living one and i think that saying is so true because the second you wake up and understand wow like i'm in control of what i want to do i think you put yourself in such a better headspace in terms of getting up and doing what you want to do and that's what i think and i always say the key ingredient of, of anything you do in this life is passion you know and it starts certainly by um you know doing some of the things you mentioned eating well going to the gym uh, getting air getting sun you know, drinking enough water you, that's just discipline but if you're yeah. working a nine-to-five job that you hate and you dread going to every morning and you don't have any passion on top of all those other things i just mentioned then you're still going to fall short I think in terms of your full, your full potential and purpose. So I think something like music is so beautiful because it's a passion oriented thing. And that yeah. goes both on the creation and the consumption side of it. So that's why I love having, you know, individuals like yourself come on and tell your stories because I think for a lot of people they realize, you know, Joe Jordan's doing something that he's passionate about. Yet he's still do- He has struggled, and he does struggle with it <clears throat> too. I just have to find what my passion is. That's what I. That's what I ask people. What do you want to do? It's your life. And I think too many yeah. times, you know, people are are reluctant to their passion because of judgment from friends, judgment from family, and judgment from the self. And once you let go of that judgment, you stop judging yourself. You acknowledge. Yeah. Because you're not living in the present if you continue to judge what happened in the past and you worry about the future, live in the present. But I really think that's the sort of energy that I that I get from your ability to tell these stories through song, to project your, your message out to TikTok. And I guess, um, you know, I have a few more questions for you. I mean, this has been wonderful. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks again for having me, man. It's been good. Um,
0: been such a pleasure. Um, no, thank you for coming on. So I'll, I'll say two questions. Um, one is... Do you draw influence from maybe, you know, you mentioned Morgan Wall and like some of those more mainstream folk country artists. Um, As I said, many people right now in the industry are just either making up new genres or saying it's a blend of all like three different ones. So I'm just curious, do you do you you look at a a certain person in the mainstream and say, oh, that that definitely helped me kind of structure out? I mean, you've been doing this for so long, so I'm curious what your answer is on that.
1: Well, there's there's a couple of people in recent years for sure that have. Inspire me to release my own music because I've, I've been writing for other people for a long, long time. And you see me like writing for my company trying to compete with the top 40 country songs. And there's three or four brilliant writers on the songs that have all written top 40, like number ones, and there's like the best producers, and all of them have like the best people on the planet. So that's why it was so special when front seat the song for rain was on the tops because it was just me that wrote it. And we had a, a local producer out of Ohio and we made it to number 32 on the top 40. So it's like we were close to competing with those guys. But it's, it, you know, it gave me, it makes me sad to think like I just couldn't do it because I didn't have the the power. I didn't have like, I don't have two top, you know, number one hit songwriters writing songs for me. Like, so I was like, why am I going to, I'm going to keep trying to do this and it's never going, I'm never going to get there. And that was me. I proved myself and still I almost signed a deal and it got like people reneged on me. I wrote a top 40 song by myself, Big Loud, Morgan Wallen's label. They reached out to me. I had a meeting with them. And they were super nice. They were all really, really nice. And uh, they said they want to sign a deal, but then they just ended up backing out of it. And I didn't. I never knew why. They never really said why. Maybe they just didn't think I was up to snuff enough, or like they liked. They loved that song, but maybe they didn't think my other song was strong. They never said. I have no idea. But it kind of broke my heart. And then I see guys like Tyler Childers, and you see guys like Zach Bryan, and if you go on their albums and their records, and who writes all of those songs. It's them, just by themselves. Did Zach Bryan's 30, 40 song, whatever it was, uh, album that he did, he wrote every song by himself. And uh, he's he's streaming better than every country artist, including Morgan Wallen, right now. And again, it's not so much about the numbers for me, but it was really inspiring to me to be like, this guy writes every song by himself. And I'm not implying him anywhere near as good as Zach Bryan or Tyler Childers, but it was very inspiring to be like, you know what? I, I don't care if my song doesn't sound like a commercial. I'm just gonna write stuff that's very real to me. And if people relate to it, cool, if not, whatever it's fine and that's where i started from and uh i couldn't yeah like the first the first song that i had that mindset with was born to be broken and it it did phenomenal and it and it gives me energy to want to keep putting out great songs for people and putting in putting in a lot of effort and a lot of um i don't know a lot of realness into them for people to relate to
0: great way of phrasing it because i think it it brings our conversation full circle in a sense that you know being able to write your own lyrics and tell your own story gives a song significantly more meaning than having someone else come in and try to write the story for you about kind of taking control of your own life, taking control of your own situation i think that's a great answer and i think you're going to have such immense success going forward with that mindset and here's my final question for you this is as, as a, just an absolute pleasure and such a great conversation I think many many people need to hear you know just because this is the journey that many artists are looking to to get on and go on and i mean your persistence over god i mean you know the better part of 19 years or so right i mean i mean yeah, it's, it's incredible so our sort of uh what's the secret sauce if you could if you could share what's that thing that makes joe jordan you know tick or makes him work like what is your sort of secret sauce
1: the thing that makes me work well
0: i've been i've been writing just for fun for
1: a long time it is it is an outlet for me you know um a healthy outlet that i can just get shit out when i need to so that's a big motivator and the thing that's also recently motivated me too is uh you know i have a wife and i have i have four kids man four wow. kids and uh we're, we're doing all right you know i provide for them but <clears throat> there's lots of things that i want to do with my kids you know there's lots of things that i can't do that i can't afford to do that um and listen yeah ma- making money is That would be nice if I had like that's the the only thing that's really missing from my life. I have a beautiful wife, awesome kids, I have a good career music. If it stayed like this, exactly the same like this for the next fifty years and I died with exactly the amount of I'd be a happy man. I would be.
0: That's beautiful. Like I
1: said, we're always we're always trying to be like, you know what, but this is good. How can I do better? I wanna I wanna pay off my dad's house. You know, I'd love to do that for him. I wanna take care of some of my own uh like on my wife's side of the family some people have been having some struggles that i like man i wish i could just help them out a little bit more here and like even just my daughter gracie who's begging she wants to go to like disneyland you know what i mean and it's like and i can't like i can't afford right now it's like yeah hey, we're gonna take a trip you know so those things would like those would fill my heart up but i don't need those things but they're they're a nice motivator to be like you know what if you really want to do this for your family and you want to support them well it's like keep working hard it can be a good motivator to just keep getting up because like i said as a songwriter you can yeah. go to the studio every day and you could do nothing and nobody's going to hold you accountable.
0: Right.
1: Nobody's cracking the whip at you, which I'm not saying that's a good thing to have the whip cracked at you at a job that you hate, but a job that you love and it's just all up to you, it can be very easy to not just, you know, you don't write. People are like, oh, you only write when you're motivated. I'm like, absolutely not. I write when I hate it. Right. And like, you, you have to write just all the time, even when you hate it. I do love it most of the times, but there are plenty of days where like I'd rather do something else. But yeah, those are some of the motivating factors for me.
0: I mean that's a I mean, that's beautifully said i think it's an incredible place to kind of uh, end this conversation and joe i mean i just again want to thank you for coming great conversation that as i mentioned i mean you know i think finding motivation whatever you do out there, you know whether it's tennis or golf or music or cooking or, yeah. or fencing i don't know whatever it is right just find that motivation so joe again i, I wish you a great rest of your day and i hope um you know we gotta do this again soon you know i'm excited for the next song ep and uh let's definitely let's definitely do another chat after that
1: all right brother yeah it was great
0: meeting you man i look forward to
1: talking with you some more in the future and uh you have a great day brother
0: likewise thanks joe the recipe powered by sauce music a collab production